The Mass is ended. Go forth in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my friend, my good pal from St. Agnes down there in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing today? Doing okay, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And today we're talking about what happens at the Mass. And we can start by saying that this may be of interest to people who, are, who go to Mass, but haven't been reflecting on the significance of, you know, each of the individual parts of the Mass. And also for people who haven't been coming, but are, want to come. And here's kind of what you've been missing and, 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 the, and some of the beautiful things that we celebrate at the Mass. So let's talk about the parts of the Mass, Frank. You know, the gathering, the storytelling, the meal celebration, and the commissioning or the going forth. Uh, and why don't you start us off with the introductory rite? Yeah, that is really to prepare us to worship. And we do that even before we get to church by, number one, making sure that we dress properly, number two, that we're on time, and that we gather ourselves. Now, are we disposed to receive the graces God has in mind for us? Yeah, I think we have to have an attitude of preparation, okay? I'm going to Mass today to gather with others, to listen, to receive in communion, and then to go out and spread the good news. So as you say, you get there early, we bless ourselves with holy water, right. we genuflect, and now we're ready to go. Right. The priest venerates the altar. We make the sign of the cross. There is a greeting and then a penitential rite. After we say the glory, we praise God and declare our intention for the worship. That's very important. Don't forget, as a baptized Catholic, to offer the mass for someone or something that you want or need. I also love the penitential rite. Lord, have mercy. Right. We say that as the 10 lepers did that day. We ask Correct. for God's forgiveness and worthiness before we go ahead and receive him later. Yeah. And our venial sins are, are forgiven. Right. Okay. Then we go to the liturgy of the word. Tell us about that. All right. Which is taken directly from Judaism. We took the format from the synagogue. We have an old Testament reading. Then we chant the Psalms. We add a letter from the new Testament followed by the Alleluia, then the gospel. Now yeah. we touch our forehead, lips, and heart, and we're in effect saying, may divine wisdom be in our mind, on our lips, and in our heart. And this is all then followed by a homily. Yeah, and remember that in those readings, usually that first Old Testament reading gives some background or context for the day's gospel. And then the, the psalm should be sung out loud by all of us. And then the second reading is either from St. Paul or another apostle. And then, as you say, we, after we bless ourselves, we stand. Because mm -hmm. we're about to hear Jesus speak to us. And after the reading of the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel, uh, we say, the, you know, the, the, the finish of the reading says the gospel of the Lord. And we say, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And as you say, then we're ready to sit down for the homily. Right. The point of the liturgy, it's not just about God speaking, but God is speaking directly to us. And do we listen? And if not, why don't we listen? We need those words and we need to put them into practice. The minds and hearts of so many are wandering and thinking about what they'll get at the diner after mass or, or what you know, they're going to be late for their tea time. God is speaking to you. So it's important that we listen. And that's why we're standing. Now, in the homily, the priest or the preacher unpacks the readings 
so that they right. can be better understood and digested by us, and then ties them together and relates them to our situation today. You know, people put a lot of emphasis on the homily that day. It's not the most important part of the Mass, but it points to the most important part of the Mass. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's very, um, I understand exactly, what it's like people always say, I like that priest's homily, I don't like, but that's not the purpose of the Mass. I think it's, we have to understand this, we don't go to Mass to be entertained. And after the homily, then it's time to stand and pronounce our faith, the creed. It's not just a list of things that we believe in, right? It's a statement of our faith in what we have just heard and in who we are about to receive. Right. And then, of course, the offertory, the bread. Right. The gifts are prepared, right? We yes. pray that the yes. sacrifice is acceptable to God. Tell us a little bit more about the preparation. The yeah. The bread and wine are offered to God. Be blessed by the priest. Put your hopes, dreams, struggles into the gifts that will be transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. As the priest pours the wine into the chalice, he adds a drop of water. This symbolizes Christ's humanity to be mixed with the wine, which represents his divinity. And once those two are joined, they can't be separated. It symbolizes Christ's unity with the church. Now, the priest asked the Lord to accept our sacrifice, not just his, to be pleasing to the Lord. Remember that. Yeah, we pray that the sacrifice is acceptable to God. Right? Yeah. And then the long prayer that follows, the Eucharistic prayer, it's where some of us, again, get caught up in our own thoughts and we get distracted, but try to hang in and listen to the Eucharistic prayer. It's the heart of the Mass, and really it's the heart of our faith, the beautiful words of the Eucharistic prayer. Yeah, with the angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, with all the hosts and powers in heaven, we pray, holy, 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 right? right. Stop and think about that. All the angels are prostrate on the altar. It's unreal, and it's really hard to, to imagine. Yeah. Now, uh, when as we... This our belief in the real presence of Christ at this time. Really, that's the the one thing that has held the Catholic Church together is yes. the presence of Christ in the Eucharist at the Mass, and we've done it for two thousand years. It's very right. very important. Right now, that's the that's the heart and the summit. Right, the priest makes a sign of the cross over the gifts, so that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take all of you and eat, for this is my body. Then over the chalice. We all know the priest says, take this, all of you, and drink from this is the chalice of my blood. When I was in fourth grade at St. Agnes Grammar School, I had a teacher named Mrs. Cawley, and she taught us to say, my Lord and my God at the raising of the host, and Lord have mercy at the raising of the chalice. I say those words to this day. God bless Mrs. Cawley. It's a reminder that we, when we teach the kids uh, about the mass. It stays with them for a long time. It's a beautiful reminder. Okay, then it's time for Holy Communion. We, we go up reverently. We don't call attention to ourselves. We put, we put our hand out. We say amen to the body of Christ. And uh, we believe that we, we're receiving Jesus in the bread. He is receiving us. We are in communion with him and with each other and with God. It is Holy Communion with God. Right. It's very important to realize uh, the, the reverence that we must have when we go up to receive communion. And I think you've said in the past, like not go up looking around, see who's next to you, see who's in front of you. But there's a point before that that I just wanted to bring out. The priest says, this is my blood, which has been poured out for many. And that's a key word because 
Jesus has redeemed every human being who's ever lived, but it's our choice who will be saved. And then he says something in the offering to the son, to the father, where he says, it's through him, with him, and in him, all glory and honor are yours, almighty father. It's only through Jesus that we can get to the father. And then we say the great amen. Yeah, yep, And right. then now, we go from there into the communion, right? And then after we receive, we sit in silent prayer. Maybe we may listen to the choir finishing the communion song. Sometimes there are parish announcements about upcoming activities. Right. And then the priest says, the Lord be with you and blesses the whole community and then sends us out of the church with the words, go forth in peace. And we respond, thanks be to God. And we're, we're, we are to leave the church that day filled with the Holy Spirit, having received Jesus, ready to go out and spread the good news to everyone we meet. Right. It's just not for being in the building. It's when we go out, we are supposed to, to, to do what we're supposed to do as far as what we just heard in that gospel and try to live that life outside and not just check the box by going to mass. Our Lord gave us the mass for our own sanctification. Right? It's the greatest work a man can perform on earth. We can do nothing more holy and divine than hear masses, serve mass, and join in offering mass. And you said something very important. Stay for the blessing. Stay for the end of the mass. Remember, Judas left mass early. We don't want to do that. Don't fool around with that, Frank. Yeah, yeah I know he, he, he was a traitor. Yeah, he, don't be calling people that leave mass no. early traitors. But I'll tell you this. It's, the mass is Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday all rolled into one. So go forth in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Amen. All right, Frank. Thanks. Folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.